Buckle your seatbelt and hold on, where Nashville music scene comes alive, right where you are. You're listening to Notable Nashville Podcast with your host, Groove Dr. J. Don't miss a beat. Hello, this is Casey Lane. I'm about to play my song, Memory, for you. You look just like a memory. And I know that's what you're supposed to be. But my vibe is changing with the rising moon. And I can't stop hoping I'll be feeling you soon. So let's forget. Thanks for tuning in to Notable Nashville Podcast. Today's guest is Casey Lane. You just heard that song titled... Memory. Memory. And is that out like a recent release that you put out? It is, yeah. That's my most recent one. Okay, cool. As of right now in early April. So Nice, nice. Well, thanks for uh, stopping by. I uh, find it interesting because I was reading your bio and you're like a certified sound healer and... Um, you told me how to pronounce it, Reiki. Reiki, Reiki. yes. <laughs> so give us a little insight into like what that is or what you what you do. Yeah, so I got into this world of vibrational healing 
actually as a result of suffering from creative block with my former day job, uh-huh. I had grown up doing music forever and we'll probably get into more backstory at some point, but I moved to Nashville and got my first day job and it was kind of a rude awakening to my whole like vibe. Was, was <laughs> it like a desk job where you were in an office? I was in an office, yes. I was doing PR, so oh, okay. I was still in the entertainment world and it was it was not like a boring job by any means, but it was still very demanding and um, I ended up being head of the Nashville office for a few years. And yeah, it just, it took a toll on my creativity and my creative flow. So I wasn't able to like, you know, create any time of day, like I had the luxury of doing in Mm. years prior. So, um, I got into just kind of exploring different types of meditation, um, sound meditation being one of them. Um, and it kind of put me into this whole rabbit hole of, uh, vibrational healing, which is essentially, um, using high vibrational things such as sound, crystals, Reiki is also kind of a form of vibrational healing, but light therapy, aromatherapy, those are all forms of vibrational healing where we use these stronger frequencies to affect our own vibration because mm-hmm. at the, you know, on a cellular level, that's all we are. Right. We're just vibrating and every part of our body has a different vibration mm-hmm. and vibrates at a different frequency. So Tuning into different things with sound healing tools and all of the other things I said are kind of what I got into and, um, you know, especially sound healing and sound meditations. I don't know if you've ever experienced a sound bath or listened to like calming music when you feel like you need to. Yeah. So we all have a relationship to sound healing in some way, whether it's like turning on a song to like give you that emotion that you need or, you know, a lot of people listen to like binaural beats when they're trying to sleep because it activates different brain frequencies. So yeah, I know it's kind of a long winded explanation, but that's how I got into the work. That's really interesting. Um, I want to ask you, like, you know, you're talking about, you listen to a song to get you into a certain mood. Sometimes when I'm sad, I listen to sad songs purposely though, Mm -hmm. because you want to like really go there. Yeah. Get into it. Like, I don't know. Phoebe Bridger is kind of, has sad songs that I really like when I'm feeling like down. I just like put on one of her songs and I'm just like, Oh yeah. You're like, I'm feeling sad, but I'm not crying yet. So (laughs) let's like really stick the dagger in. But with the, with the crystals, um, what exactly do you do with the crystals as far as like vibrations do you, or is it like more of a kind of an energy type thing? Yeah. So both, um, So with the crystals, it it operates off of the same principle of entrainment, which Mm -hmm. is essentially, um, it's a law of entrainment. This is like not, it sounds really woo woo on the surface, but at its core, there's a lot of science behind all of this stuff. So with crystals, um, and sound and all of those things I mentioned before, we're using the law of entrainment, which can be found. And it was actually discovered by a guy who was, who had a bunch of pendulums, um, like clock pendulums. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always say that word wrong. Uh, but <laughs> but he noticed they were all swinging at uh, different times at first, initially. And then after a little while, they start clicking together. And you can do that same. You can go on YouTube and see experiments with like metronomes where they'll have them going at all different paces, all different BPMs. And then eventually they sync up because the universe likes order and like that much chaos is just not okay. So with using crystals specifically, each crystals crystal has its own vibrant, like, uh, what is the word? It is, 
um, dominant resonant frequency. Dominant resonant and frequency. that's kind of like the dominant frequency that it resonates. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can put that in your own energetic field. You can put it in your body. You can put it in your house to raise the vibration around it. So do you believe in like um, your birthstone is kind of like your vibration or because I know yeah. I know I'm an amethyst, but or like February amethyst, yeah. but I've never really known like what the whole kind of birthstone thing is. You know, I honestly don't know a ton about birthstones and yeah. like why they are correlated to different things. Uh-huh. I'm a Pisces and aquamarine in March and it feels like that all kind of like sinks together somehow Mm because aquamarine is a really good like throat chakra stone and when i do my my healing sessions at my house um like the one-on-ones where i really use the crystals i'm going off of like our different chakras which are our different energy centers within our body using like the main seven chakras that you've probably heard of in yoga and putting the crystals on those chakras to to get them into a higher vibration cool yeah so I wanted to bring that up first because I find that really interesting. We'll talk a little bit more about it, but kind of give me your backstory of how you ended up in Nashville. You were you were saying your father kind of got you into music, and yes. So, um, what where'd you where'd you grow up at? I grew up in Virginia Beach, and yeah, my dad was doing music full time my whole life. And when I was six, I think I got on stage and performed with him for the first time. We oh, did wow. like an Alabama song, oh, cool. <laughs> and then. Um, it just kind of grew from there. And it was funny. I was just thinking about this the other day that I had to be bribed for the first many years of like singing with him. I had to like get some sort of treat, whether it was like ice cream or whatever it had to be in the day. Um, and eventually I started enjoying it more, but it really was something that I was like, it just was too much. <laughs> was it, did you start out like mostly just singing or did you do yeah. an instrument too? Yeah, I, I started out just singing and separately I was doing piano. Okay. But I was doing classical music and doing piano competitions from at a really early age. And once I kind of hit my preteen years, I started distancing myself from the classical world and really wanting to play like, you know, Vanessa Carlton and like all of those, you know, I was like getting into that whole world. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of quit the official lessons, um, in early high school and continued to do it. And then, you know, built up my song list and started doing my own gigs because I would sit in with my dad at first. And then as soon as I could drive, I was like, packing my PA into my two-door car (laughs) and driving it to gigs. Um, And I did that for a long time. I did that through college, and that's how I paid for my tuition or my portion of the tuition. And then uh, right after I graduated school, I had an opportunity to move to New York to join an indie electro pop band called Blip Blip Bleep. And I played synths and sang and it was a really fun time. And while I was there, I lived in Brooklyn for five years. And during that time, I played in a bunch of different bands. I recorded, I wrote, recorded, and released my first EP in 2014 while I was there. That's amazing. What it, what, it, yeah, what was your fun. thought on Brooklyn? Did you like living there? I loved it. I loved it. And actually, that song that I'm going to play at the end uh, is a song that I wrote for brooklyn actually it was like my breakup song to new york because it it's played such a crucial role in my world like i spent basically my entire 20s there and my life was 
very young, wild, and free. That's that's so cool. <laughs> I, I really love going to New York City. I didn't get the opportunity to go until I worked for a company that kind of flew me out there. They had an office based out of there, but it's like a whole other world. Um, mm-hmm. It's There's so many different types of people, and I feel like, you know, Nashville is a lot of the same types of people. I'm you know, you, you know what I'm saying? There's, oh, yeah. there's different types of people, but you know, New York is a whole different It's its realm. own thing and yeah. it's ha- it has its own energy and you know, I appreciated it for what it served for my life at the time. However, I don't think I could ever go well, I know I could never go back. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I have the energy to like do that world. Um cuz it is a lot. It, you you're in the grind, you're constantly surrounded by people. And, um, you know, you got to have the energy for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I feel like I'm already like old and tired. (laughs) (laughs) What kept you, what kept you grounded while you were there of, of all the chaos that was happening? Oh my gosh, not much. I wasn't the most grounded person. And, um, my, I feel like I've changed so much as a person or just evolved a lot as a person Mm -hmm. since then. Um, you know, I was definitely in party mode the whole time I was there and I'm not in party mode at all anymore. But I think, you know, I had a really regular yoga practice that I did then. Um, I didn't do specific meditation like I do now, but I definitely, that was something that really helped me. Um, so what was the, the, the lane? That's cool. What was the point in time that you moved, uh, here though to Nashville? So it's kind of a cool story. So I was flown here from a, with a band that recorded a record in LA that I sang and played on, and mm-hmm. they flew me here to do the mixing. And I had never been to Nashville before. And I wasn't like, I was a total city snob. Like I was just like, New York is the best. I'm never going to like anywhere else that I go. And up to that point, I hadn't. But I came here, I was here for a long weekend and the guy who mixed that record and I ended up talking about music and I played him some of my stuff and he was like, let's make a record, come back in a couple months. So I came back for in August of 2015 for a month and we recorded a record and we fell in love while we were in the process. Wow. And then I had to come be with him. <laughs> you you got to like write a song, Nashville is for lovers or something. Oh my like gosh. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm from Virginia and that is our like... Our state well, motto is. Did you, did you ever listen to that uh, "Ohio is for Lovers" song by Hawthorne, no. Hawthorne Heights? Do you, have you heard of that? I don't know that I have. Oh man, I can't remember. That was like my high school years, like 2007, 2006. I can't That's remember. So but fun. Yeah, I love it. So, so you've been here for how long then? Just over six years. Six years. I moved wow. here New Year's Day, 2016. Wow. So it's been good. Me and Tim are still together. Which That's so cool. I, you know, I never doubted it at the time. I knew it was the right move. You knew it was meant to be. (laughs) Uh, But I don't know that everyone else around me, they probably thought I was insane. But I kind of was. So when you recorded here, did you go to an actual studio or did you like a home studio or? We actually recorded those songs and we only put two of the four out um, that we recorded during that time, but recorded it at Sound Emporium. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've actually never been to, to that one, I don't think, but. That's not next to RCAB. That's oh my gosh! Um, I don't even remember because I, I was had no point of reference oh, I when think, I was there. I, <laughs> and that, I haven't been back. I think that is in um, near the Midtown area. If okay, I'm not mistaken, but yeah. Um, so, like, 
how did you kind of keep your music career afloat? Like while you were here, are you, you know, touring with anybody or are you just kind of taking gigs as they go? Um, well, yeah. So right after I got here, I, that day job fell into my lap and I had kind of an identity crisis for a while. Um, because in New York I was doing music full time and I had a band there and I was playing shows a lot and moved here and didn't have a band and was kind of trying to figure out like what my sound is mm-hmm. and because I'm I, I feel like I'm a very like songwritery person but I've always been really drawn to poppier stuff so like the record that I did in New York by myself I made it very like four on the floor but like the songs are like not that <laughs> you know it's like the song lyrics don't really fit the vibe of what the music sounds like and so that's kind of been the thing with Tim and I we we worked on this record that I'm slowly releasing right now for basically the 6 years that I've been here and it was very difficult for me and my own mental health because I didn't realize for so long that like performing and singing for people was not about like my ego or in like trying to feed some sort of like validation and anything like that. It was so much deeper than that. It's like when I wasn't singing, I wasn't having my release for my emotions. Like that's how I get it out. Mm -hmm. And I had never not been singing a lot. So when I moved here, I was like, I'm not, I don't have a band. I don't have a record. I'm just kind of like doing, I'm writing. I was doing a lot of writing, but I wasn't, I didn't have anything to show for anything for so long. So finally in 2017, at the end of 2017, I was like, you know what? I kind of like had this like moment where I was like, I have to, I have to sing. Like I have to just go do an open mic, which I'd never done before. I have to just like go do these little things that like I just had never done. I'd always just played shows. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, I made a deal with myself that I had to perform once a month, even if it was just one song somewhere. Um, so I did a bunch of open mics. I ended up meeting people and getting shows from those things. Oh, cool. Um, but that was a really fun thing. I ended up doing it through 2020. So I did it for three years where I played once a month somewhere. That's awesome. And, um, you know, 2020, I had a couple of little virtual things. But other than that, I was, like, out. And so that was really helpful for me just, like, in my own mental and everything health so with you being like a sound healer um do you find healing in other music well obviously you do but i mean can you like heal using your own music as well as far as um you know you play something you said that you get a sort of feeling but is that how you kind of get your emotions uh in the right place or do you kind of seek other avenues other music to do it I think I know what you mean by that. Yeah, um, I was I, trying to phrase the question the right way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it came out, but I don't know. I guess I'm saying like as a as a sound healer, like healing other people. Can you also um, use it to heal your own energy? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I've really realized in you know studying as a sound healer and all of that is just like how music in general is a healing tool, and you know your average musician isn't necessarily thinking that when they're writing or performing. Um, I think a lot of it for me has been like in those gig situations where I'm singing, I'm thinking about it differently in my head of like, I'm doing this for my own release of emotions. And it's very much just like a cathartic thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that, you know, 
the record that I put out, I don't have any like sound healing instruments because I've had a, a lot of people ask me like, oh, so do you have like your singing bowls like playing and your music? And I haven't done that yet, but like I feel like that's going to be the next record because <laughs> like to be totally honest, I hadn't gotten into the sound healing until a lot of this record was already written. So and we'd kind of already honed, the, honed in on the vibe for what it was going to sound like. Okay. Um, so I didn't really deviate a lot. I wasn't going to be like, all right, Tim, let's like put some sound bowls and some chimes in here along with the right. sense and bass. <laughs> I guess I got to book a session with you because I, I've never done that before. So it's kind of beyond my comprehension of what it actually is. Like I've yeah. never, I've never like, I've, I've never seen it before. You know, I thought about bringing a bowl here to just like show you um, so you could experience it because with, so my specialty within the sound healing world, because there's so many different instruments, you know, from drums to gongs to Tibetan bowls. And I use crystal singing bowls as kind of my primary thing. That's mm -hmm. what I trained in the most. And they are really loud. They get super loud. You feel them in your entire body. And it is this feeling that like, you know, animals and children, I feel like have the best reactions to them because they're so pure, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they're not like, Oh, I'm supposed to be relaxed now. Right. But like I play them for like my nieces or whatever, and they just immediately close their eyes and like children are very drawn to it and animals too. They'll just like dogs will just like relax wow. and like stay really still and go to sleep. Um, cause it's super relaxing. It triggers your, um, your parasympathetic nervous system. So if you think about how sounds like affect your day to day, whether it's like an alarm going off, like if you think about like the way it triggers that fight or flight, mm -hmm. like the alarm going off, like a dog barking next door, like something crashing in the room next to you, mm -hmm. like you know how that feels in your body right? and kind of taking inventory of like, okay, so I, I recognize that sound really has that effect on my body in like a very physical way. So how can I kind of counteract that with more healing sounds to kind of create a little more balance in my world? Yeah, I, I tend to keep my phone on vibrate all the time because oh, yeah. the notification sound just like, I don't know, it annoys me yeah. and it, it kind of gives me anxiety sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had my phone go off and it's like, yeah, it, you have a, a physical, like very primal response to sounds. Right. So it's really cool to think about it in that context and then be like, okay, so if I understand the power of, you know, kind of the more negative response to sound, like... I have to believe that the same is true of the positive, right? right? So that's one thing that's been really fun to kind of think about and start paying more attention to in my own world um, and, you know, kind of highlight for my clients and people in general. It's just like yeah. a little sonic hygiene is what I've called it. You made me kind of think, rethink my whole day to day because my computer, I kind of keep my computer really loud all the time. Maybe mm. I'll just tone it down a little bit, see if that kind of makes me a little bit more relax while I'm working, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a, a client who she had just kind of started working in a hospital, but she started talking about in her sessions how she had this anxiety and she'd never had it before. And then we started talking about like the, the environment that she was working in and it's just like alarms and different like beeping means this, like, you know, so it was like very hypersensitive to those like responses that she was having in her body and she mm -hmm. wasn't balancing that out um and really highlighting some of that she ended up 
leaving the job (laughs) by the end of like our little like chunk of time together, um, which I think was the right move regardless. But (laughs) I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, shoot, I wasn't like trying to (laughs) make (laughs) make you you leave your job. But (laughs) I guess you needed to, you know, it wasn't the right fit. But anyway. Well, I wanted to showcase uh, you've got a show coming out or a show tonight, actually, because this is going to come out on Friday. You've got a show Friday at uh, Lipstick Lounge. Yes. Yeah. My friend Kristen Ford, it's her birthday, and she's been like my biggest cheerleader here. She And I actually met her at my first open mic I ever did. Oh, wow. um, That Lightning 100 was sponsoring, and I won it. And it was like this kind of very validating thing, like, okay, maybe I should be doing this. Uh, But anyway, Kristen ended up... uh, having me come and play a lot of shows with her over the years. So I'm excited to share the stage with her tonight. Do they do the uh, stage like where the karaoke is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty small stage, but I'm going to just have my keyboard. I like how they have the cigar lounge upstairs too. Did you know that? I heard that. I haven't witnessed it yet. That's cool. I went a couple weeks ago. I'm a big, that's awesome. I love going to the lounges and chilling. So I had never been to that one. I went with my buddy. It was a bunch of girls and me and my buddy, and that was that was about it, but it was cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited for that. And then I do have a, a sound bath here. My, my only public one this month in Nashville is on the full moon, which is on the 16th, and I'm going to be using this really gorgeous um, music studio called uh, Layman Drug Company. Mm-hmm. It is... Really beautiful. It's soundproof. Everything sounds awesome. I did one last month there, and I'm hoping I can like keep it going there because it's a perfect Sweet. vibe. And I also, you know, I haven't even mentioned that I focus on working a lot with musicians as kind of my my primary clientele. So I do a lot of songwriters retreats. I do some pre-performance stuff. Um, like I just did some stuff at the Ryman oh, before wow. a show because people needs a little extra love on performance days yeah, like for sure. we, we need to breathe and like can you kind of explain what a sound bath is for people that don't know yeah i.e me <laughs> <laughs> so it's essentially just a sound meditation oh, okay. and all you do is lay there it's not like a class where you're going to be moving around i'll you know I'll often like get everyone just like closing their eyes and breathing for a second we might like do a neck roll or two but other than that you're just laying on the ground trying to zone out. Okay. Um, so I always have people bring like pillows and blankets and trying to make it like a really cozy space. Um, because you'll, you'll hear these frequencies that will kind of affect you in different ways. They might trigger different memories. You might see colors, you might feel your body twitching, you might fall asleep, you might cry. Like people have very different responses, you know, day to day. Um, but also just in a sound bath in general, like you have a lot of different reactions to the different sounds that are happening. So that's cool. It's cool. I mean, it's a healing thing. So, you know, I always tell people not to like go out and drink a ton after, like you need to drink a lot of water because if you think about, and this is another rabbit hole, but (laughs) there's, um, cymatics and cymatics is basically, you can look online at really beautiful videos of the way that um, like either sand or salt or water is affected. Like water droplets are affected by different frequencies. Mm -hmm. They'll create these beautiful shapes. And so I always like to think about like the frequencies from the bowls, like creating really beautiful shapes inside your body and all that water in there. 
So. I do I do like watching those videos where there's like sand all over a table and then the sound yes. kind of like um, forms different shapes. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So you know. Yeah. You just weren't thinking like, oh, I should do that to my body. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I guess now I got to try. Yeah, you do. Well, cool. Casey, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us. And uh, I kind of want to hear that song that you were referencing before. Yes, um, absolutely. What's this one called again? This is called Echo. Okay, cool. Let's hear it. Sweet. Thanks, Casey. Uh, so where can we find you on like your socials or your, you got a website? 
I do have a website. It's caseylane.com. And then I'm on Instagram most actively at caseylane. Yeah. You just have to spell it right in the show notes and then people can find it. <laughs> and then you've got you've got also a single coming out soon? I do, yeah. The next single from this record. So I have eight tracks total. I've put two out. The next one is called Wide Awake, and that one's going to be out May 19th. Thursday, May 19th. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me.